and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. It's good. a good day. Good. So, Lil, every once in a while, we have a guest or we highlight an article that talks about the importance of gut health. Yes. It, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's become a real area of study and research, yeah. and we're learning so much more about how all of our systems are interconnected. We've always kind of, well, we yeah. most recently kind yeah. of known that they're interconnected, but we're seeing so much of this interconnection yeah. and keeping our gut healthy is really important. But we say that a lot, but what does that mean right. exactly? Right. So I found this article. It was written by Emily Becker. It's called your digestive system. Isn't the only thing to suffer when your gut bacteria is out of whack. And I thought I would share a few points of that article today. Okay. The best foods for gut health will help maintain a balanced gut microbiota, which makes sure that your digestive system and your whole body function properly. Hmm. Do you know what microbiota is? It's like the little bacteria and oh. microbes that are inside of your in, okay. inside of your guts, your intestines. So Mary Matone is her name. She's a registered dietitian. She says, gut health is a pretty vague term, mm -hmm. but as it relates to nutrition, it typically refers to the concept of having the right strains of bacteria living in your intestines. Mm -hmm. So these bacteria are important for keeping other systems in your body running smoothly. And part of the gut's job, Matone says, is to break down fibers and use them to create compounds that help with things like maintaining your blood sugar, maintaining your cholesterol and your appetite. Hmm. So it stands to reason that when these bacteria go out of whack, you may experience kind of this cascading effect across all of your systems within your body. Mm -hmm. The balance of bacteria in the gut microbiota may have an impact on everything from digestive health to mental health even. Hmm. So it may also be related to chronic illnesses. Again, that's according to Matone. Luckily, an easy way to support a healthy gut is through your diet. Mm -hmm. And here are several types of foods that you should add to your diet to keep your gut happy. Okay. So I thought I would just share a few, not, not all of them that are in the article, but mm -hmm. a few of them. Number one, foods with probiotics. Yes. You knew that was yes, coming, right? I did. We hear that a lot on yes. commercials. We, we, that's mm -hmm. something that we hear a lot about. So probiotics have kind of become known as the good bacteria that help keep things moving in your digestive mm -hmm. system. These microorganisms play a big role in your gut health. And one of the ways that you can make sure you're maximizing their benefits is by eating probiotic foods. And that means foods that contain the same bacteria that are also in your stomach or yeah. in your guts, right? The food that people usually associate with probiotics is? Milk. Yogurt. 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 Yeah. Yogurt. 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 So, yogurt, dairy. but yeah, but there are other yeah. uh, sources and just, you just want to make sure that you are the labels say live and active cultures. Yes. So it's not just dairy right, as, a, right. as a category. It's got, they got to have the cultures in it. Yes. But these are the same bacteria that, that, yeah, I know you knew that. Milk I know, I know you out. knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know you knew that. So yeah, anyway, you want to you want to keep your eye out for live and yes. active cultures, and a few of those examples that are high in probiotics. You've got your yogurt, of yes. course, kefir, mm -hmm. sauerkraut, kombucha, miso, kimchi, anything that's fermented. Fermented, yeah, yes, those are the I'm things sorry. we're looking for. So yeah. that's that's probiotics. The number two thing is food with prebiotics. Oh, yeah. So that was a new phrase yeah. to me too. But once I read it, I thought, well, that makes sense. So for probiotics, their their partner in keeping your gut happy are what are called prebiotics. And this makes sense. Prebiotic foods contain fibers that promote the growth of the healthy bacteria in the gut. Oh. So probiotics are the gut 
bacteria. Uh, yeah. Prebiotics is what they eat. Oh. So you want to keep them healthy and keep them going, right? So um, two, the two work together to make sure that the microorganisms in your gut are living their best life. And some of the foods that are prebiotic are Jerusalem artichokes. I don't know what that is. I'll have to look it up sometime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, legumes. Okay. Oats. We talked about oh, oatmeal yeah, a couple of yes. weeks ago and asparagus is oh. prebiotic as well. And then number three is symbiotic foods. And this one will also make sense when I read it. Symbiotic foods refer to meals that combine probiotics and prebiotics oh. in such a way that it gives probiotics the greatest chance of surviving that long digestive tract inside of our bodies uh -huh. or the gut itself. That's according to the Journal of Food Science and Technology. So what you try to do is combine these things together. So things like miso soup with asparagus in it oh. is a combination of the, the two probiotic, uh -huh. prebiotic, that's symbiotic. Uh, another one, yogurt with fruit and oats. Yeah. So you put those two together and you've got this symbiotic hmm. food. So just to round things out, we should all try to get high fiber foods as well. Anti-inflammatory foods in our diets are important. And I will share the article in our show notes yeah. for those who are interested and want to read more. So yeah. just a few things to think okay. about to keep our guts healthy yeah. and happy. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. Today's guest is yes. a repeat customer. Yes. Alan Christensen is from the Inner Mountain Live Well Center. Mm -hmm. uh, been on the show a number of times. Yeah. Welcome back, Alan. We're glad to have you with us. Hey, always a pleasure to come back. <laughs> so you're always a good one to ask. What, what do you think about what we just shared? Prebiotic, probiotic, all that sound good to you? All of it sounds great. I think we we haven't quite tapped or discovered the potential of really what gut health is. Right. Um, we're obviously discovering more. And so, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love uh, a nice cold yogurt um, right. to, right. to, you know, consume? Yeah. With oats. Mix it in with your, with your <laughs> yeah. favorite oats. Yeah. Because I know Kyle likes that. <laughs> you know, I do. You know, I do. <laughs> No. So anyway, lots, lots of good ways to get the nutrition that we need for sure. Um, we're going to shift gears a little bit with you today, Alan, uh, even though I know that you could talk more about a diet, but we're going to talk a little bit about exercise today. So tell us what do we need to know about, you know, that other aspect of healthy living and living our best life, living the active life. And that is exercise. Well, I think it's no surprise probably with listeners that how important exercise is, but, you know, I think it's the reality once we start getting into the specifics of just maybe, um, how prevalent, uh, of the inactivity that, you know, we as individuals collectively, um, don't take advantage of the, the benefits that come from exercise. Um, there's a, there's a big effort that's going around, um, through the medical and health sciences field, uh, called exercise as medicine. And, you know, it's basically straightforward as it is. I think there's an idea and thought that exercise can really be a, a, an, an approach that, you know, healthcare providers can really provide to help individuals achieve optimal health. So you talked about people not really taking full advantage of opportunities to, to move and be active. How prevalent is that problem? You know, I think there's been a lot of studies that have looked into it. I, I read a couple and, you know, one of the things that came out was that they identified that 40, 46% of U.S. adults don't even meet the, the recommendations for their aerobic physical activity. Um, and then I think as they looked further into it, that approximately 30% report doing less than 10 minutes of moderate to vigorous activity per week, where, you know, I think the recommendation right now for aerobic activity is 150 to 300 minutes of moderate physical activity per week. 
So, you know, the reality of really what we're trying to achieve per week and where we're at, um, a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, Yeah, sounds like it. And, you know, like, I know we all are going about our lives and trying to do the things that we're trying to do. And it's, you know, it's hard to find the time and all those kinds of things. But I mean, let's be honest, these numbers are horrible. Yeah. If if we're supposed to be getting 150 minutes and uh, 30% of us are getting less than 10, I mean, that's just kind of, that's like walking to the car to go to the grocery store and then walking from the car to the grocery store. You could almost get 10 minutes just by that alone. Yeah. But many of us are just Amazoning it <laughs> and it's coming to the doorstep and we're coming, going from the couch to the front door and then that's it. I yeah. Know, I think we can do better guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think even further as we look into really what's, what's happening with the activity levels that people are doing, we don't understand, I think the collective impact that that's causing. Um, another study talked about how physical activity causes 6% of you know, some of these are, well, some of the burden of diseases, some of it, you know, coronary heart disease, 6% of that burden of that disease is caused by physical activity, uh, type two diabetes, 7%, breast cancer, 10%, colon cancer, another 10%. So, you know, these seem very minor, but when you look at it in a bigger scale, um, in 2008, there was a study that inactivity caused 9% of premature mortality which seems small in terms of percentage. But then when you relate that to, you know, the, there was 57 million deaths at that time. And so when you do the calculations, 5.3 million of those uh, caused by inactivity. Wow. So um, it really puts things in perspective when we start thinking about what those numbers look like, not only the impact of, you know, the premature deaths, but really how does this relate to, you know, healthcare, obviously working for a health system, there's impacts related to that. We all can probably agree that healthcare is expensive, um, becoming more unaffordable. Well, they say that physical activity um, is cost, you know, cost more than the cost of the health system, more than $54 billion. Um, and then when you look further, productivity losses, 14 million, uh, disability adjusted life years, $13.4 million. So, you think of all that money and how it could be reallocated for other purposes. I mean, it's um, it certainly puts us at a at a at a lens that we really need to do something to address the problem. For sure, for sure. And you know, it, the the beauty of this whole thing is is that here's the problem, and Alan, you've done a great job of laying the problem out. And, you know, from top to bottom, from an individual standpoint and disease prevention to a system wide issue and challenge of healthcare costs. And, you know, we all talk about mm-hmm. how, how hard it is to find healthcare that's affordable. Um, there is a solution though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, and I think sometimes we think that we have to go to the gym and we have to put in all this time, but, you know, sometimes it starts as simple as just what are the things that you like to do that will kind of help you get active? You know, sometimes we think that going on a walk isn't, isn't going to make any difference, but, you know, we've all probably read stories or heard from friends where walking was a good starting point to getting them, you know, in a gear where they were starting to see results and impacts and, you know, helping them move the dial to, to bigger and better things. And so, you know, if you can find things that you do and love that will kind of get you that physical activity, um, you know, I think about this over, you know, close to 15 years ago when I was, uh, I came to the Huntsman Senior Games as an intern, and yeah. I remember with um, some of the athletes, you know, who were in their 80s, 
um, 90s and just discovering what was the secret sauce that, you know, really got them that to, to be at that stage. And, and they said, I just keep moving, you know, and the fact that I'm here and I'm moving. So it was a testament to me about how, how important physical activity is um, in, in our lives at all stages. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that your experience, uh, you know, years ago in interacting with the athletes, I've felt that same way. I've Mm -hmm. just felt an inspiration and a motivation to try to keep moving and try to stay active and try to, you know, and I'm certainly not perfect. I have good days and bad days. And frankly, sometimes I have good months and bad (laughs) months, you know, Um, I'm certainly not perfect, but I do find that motivation and inspiration among our athletes. And you, you see those athletes that, you know, and it doesn't even matter their age, but we, you know, we oftentimes refer to the older athletes in their seventies, eighties, nineties, hundreds that are still out, you know, running track and field and doing five K's and playing tennis and all those kinds of things. And there really is a motivation and an inspiration there as well. Um, but like you said, Alan, it, it doesn't necessarily take this massive hours a day, you have to be in the gym for, right. you know, all this time in order to have benefits. Um, it's just the consistency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just keeping that practice in place. I think it takes, you know, it takes a lot of effort to build that practice. It's really easy to fall, fall off that mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we are mindful and I think invest the time and put that as a priority, you know, so for myself that it's always the idea that um, as much as I love to sleep in a little bit more, um, you know, planning it to get it done in early in the morning for myself um, that kind of helps start my day. It helps gets me geared. Um, and knowing that when I'm leaving the gym early in the morning that, um, you know, I accomplished that. And I feel like my days just go better having put that in place and putting a priority. Cause when I haven't, it's really easy to say, I'll go later. And then later comes and it doesn't happen yeah. right. before, you know, it days go by weeks go by. Yeah. And yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm the same way. I like to work out in the morning. I know others that do prefer to work out at night. It it doesn't matter whatever works for you as long as you're working. Right. Right. But but I have a question, but like even just, um, you know, parking further away when you go into the grocery store, you know, that helps too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can get onto a whole topic about, you know, how do you create structures to promote making the healthy choice, the easy choice? You know, um, I know in the building that I'm at right now, it always seems like the elevators go extremely slow, whether that's planned or not. um, People get frustrated and they end up taking the stairs. And so, um, you know, there's this, you know, I think there's the idea of how do you plan that to really make, I think, uh, the healthy choice, maybe the 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 sexy choice you know i think the idea of how you make that the yeah, desired approach that people want to take so i think um you know strategies like building like art that goes along the stairway um here at the hospital we have that so that people like to go and read the motivational quotes or if there's art you know it's a lot more appealing than sitting in an, in an elevator where you know it's pretty it's pretty bland so i think there's definitely strategies to promote the environment to help us you know live and be more active. Yeah. Yeah, And I like that. I like that. It's, you know, there's certainly an individual element and an accountability from Mm -hmm. an individual standpoint, but there's also a societal element that, you know, if we all work together, Mm -hmm. it seems like we could, you know, make some changes and and see some improvement. You kind of threw some numbers at us about, you know, kind of the, kind of the, the challenge, I guess, that we're facing Um, when it comes to disease prevention, 
what can we what can we see as far as you know numbers uh, of positive now? We've talked a little bit about the negative. What are some of the good things that come when we do get out there in our physically active? Yeah, I mean, physical activity just is has shown, I think, within studies of how much improvement it can be. Um, you know, one of the studies that I came across talked about how regular exercise lowers the risk of stroke by thirty four percent, and it can even go as upwards as fifty eight percent. So. You know, I think those who have had family members that have a risk of stroke, you know, I think the idea if you can increase your chances of preventing a stroke by those odds, I mean, I think that's certainly motivation in of itself, knowing the impacts of what a stroke can bring um, in all aspects um, to just, you know, put a little more time and effort to do that. Um, Absolutely. You know, I think about how higher levels of leisure activity, you know, and we know this, that I think there's, uh, there's a lot of associated cancers. And how just putting that physical activity is identified, they've been able to reduce the risk of that. Some of those that come to mind are, are liver cancer, lung cancer, kidney, rectal, breast, bladder, colon. I mean, so these are some pretty prevalent cancers that, you know, I think the three of us all probably know or associate someone who's had that. Yeah. Um, and just how, you know, something as simple as physical activity can help to reduce that risk. Um, you think about mental health. I mean, we've gone through a pandemic and, you know, I think in some ways we're still kind of, kind of working through that. Um, how for probably many of us getting out, doing something physically active and creating those endorphins that help us to, you know, reduce the, the, the mental health issues that have come on a rise, um, back pain, Alzheimer's. I think there's a lot of different things that as we start looking into it, that, um, it's such a, you know, such a hard thing at times to implement, but I think we get so many health benefits, which again, goes back to the idea of why exercise is medicine that I think as health systems and providers, we're trying to figure out how do we get to a point where maybe we start prescribing physical activity. And I'm sure as you've gone to maybe your primary care provider, one of the questions that seems to be a standard that now is being more asked is, you know, how many days of physical activity do you, um, how many minutes do you estimate? So, you know, they're trying to implement this more as a metric to kind of help make the shape or help have the conversation of maybe this is a simple change lifestyle wise, lifestyle wise that can help, you know, you improve your outcomes of, you know, whatever challenges you're facing. It's so true. And so many benefits. And again, I think we know that, like, I don't think there's anybody listening to this show that is like, really? I didn't know (laughs) exercise was good for me. You know, we all know that. Of course, we all know that. But I do think that, you know, sharing some of these numbers and percentages and things can be important. I'm going to step a little bit back to the, you you mentioned the number on stroke. You know, sometimes when we say these things, the percentages just kind of fly over, Mm -hmm. at least they do for me, they kind of fly over my head. But if you're looking at the 34%, so regular exercise lowers the risk of stroke by 34%. There's three of us here, Mm -hmm. right? There's three of us here that we're talking, we're having this conversation right now. One of us is 33%, mm-hmm. right? Wow. So, you know, if, if and those aren't the numbers for stroke, right. but if, if there was going to be a stroke, one of us would get that, but physical exercise would reduce that by one whole, you know, one whole of us. Right. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense yes, here, right? I, yeah, I'm just trying are. to make this analogy between, you know, physical activity is significantly helpful. Right. And I yeah. do have family members who have suffered strokes and I've watched you know, the rehabilitation and sometimes the rehabilitation that just never came and that hasn't right. happened. And I, I think about, you know, trying to to live my own life with those limitations. And I think, 
man, there's a reason to get up in the morning and get out and do yeah. a little walking or jogging mm-hmm. or resistance training or whatever it is. So anyway, I, I, that was probably a horrible analogy, but I just, <laughs> no, 30, 34% no. really stood out to me as I was just sitting here looking at us thinking yeah. there's three of us here. That's yeah. 34%. That's one of us. So yeah. anyway, things, things think to think about that. And I think that's the reality is that prevention is such a, an essential thing that sometimes we, we get into the mindset of like, oh, you know, I'll wait until see when it happens. But, you know, if there's a way that we can be more proactive and really focus on the idea of prevention, and I think in a lot of ways that could be translated to investment, if we can provide that investment to ourselves, you know, how productive and, and more meaningful and rich are our years as we continue to age will be if we put the investment and time in now. And yeah. so, again, going back to the idea of the Huntsman Games and just, you know, as a young college student and looking at things from my lens um, at that age and seeing these individuals, you know, at a deeper stage and saying, I want to be there. I want to get to the point where I can still be active, be independent, doing the things that I love. Um, and so it's just, yeah. It's an inspiring thing to, you know, connect those dots. And then obviously these percentages is help. Yeah, for sure. We had a guest on the show. It's been several years ago. His name was Mark Middleton. He's the founder of a a movement called Growing Boulder. And he uses a phrase that I really like. I think about it all the time. He, you know, we, we all know that when you get injured, you go to rehab and you try to rehab that injury. He talks a lot about prehab. And yeah, so it's yeah. just like what you're talking about, you know, you're, you're preventing these, uh, these issues from, from coming up, whether they're injuries or diseases and, um, you know, we got to put a little bit of time into it, yeah. but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I think that's the whole concept. I think the live well center here is that, you know, we obviously have a re- rehab department in various departments here in the hospital, but we have a place in the idea that there's a lot of avenues where we can prehab, like you said, and I think even post-hab is just helping to continue people on their journey Be because sometimes that accountability is, is a hard aspect when you don't have someone that's working with you, you know, motivating you, you know, even challenging you, it's really easy to get into the, the, you know, inactivity, sitting yeah. down, binging on Netflix, whatever it may be. Um, and then, and then, you know, just some of those things start to, to spiral downward, um, and trying to break that cycle. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We, we've only got about 30 seconds. Um, recommendations. What, what would you say to people who are just hearing this and thinking, I got to do something. What do they do? So again, I think the idea throughout aerobic activity, you know, trying to focus on 150 to 300 minutes, um, you know, if you can really try to get some of that, and if you don't start there, just that's the goal in mind is how do you work up to that? Um, and I would say for those over the age of 65, doing that as much as your abilities and your health conditions will allow. Um, in addition, you know, we talked about strengthening, you know, strength, uh, muscle strengthening, you know, try to get to two days a, uh, a week in. So obviously aerobic is a very vital component, but obviously muscle strengthening as well. Um, those 65 and older, um, you know, focus on some balance training and maybe combining your strength and aerobic to be more effective. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, to simplify it, just if you can do a little bit more um, as as you continue to age, that's the key thing. Just get out and do something you love. Yeah. yeah. Start somewhere and then move up from there. Yeah. Awesome. Alan, thank you so much. Thanks yes, for joining thank us. You, Great Alan. information. We always appreciate you coming with your expertise and we'll uh, hopefully have you back soon. Sounds good. 
So good stuff, Lil. Yeah. Just, and, and easy stuff. Just yeah. let's just get up, all of us. Yeah. I'm talking to myself here. Yeah. Let's yeah. just get up and move, right? <laughs> yep. Just get up and yep. move. So a couple of things just to wrap okay. us up here. I want to remind everybody it's definitely not too late to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. In fact, today is a perfect day to do it. it. <laughs> so don't miss out. Get registered today. If your sport happens to be closed and there is there are a few sports yeah. that are closed, get on the waiting list. We want to get you in if we can. We can't do that if you're not on the waiting right. list. You can get all the registration information at seniorgames.net as well as the schedules, dates. And we also have tons of great information on active aging. And Lil, it's our 35th anniversary yes, year. You know that <laughs> one of the ways that we're going to celebrate is to be giving away all throughout the registration process, 35 registration mm -hmm. fee waivers. Make sure that you're following us on Facebook uh, as well as Instagram. Watch for various opportunities to get your registration fee waiver. We've had several people yeah. that have already won. Yeah. Um, we, we ran a contest last month, in fact, mm -hmm. asking for our listeners to email us what you liked right. about the Active Life uh, radio show podcast. We're happy to announce that Gary Singleton of Alabama won the contest and has been given his registration fee waiver. And we've got more to give out. Yes. So follow us on social media for your chance. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere where you find your favorite shows. Mm -hmm. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating or write a quick review. And then as always, you can find this in previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. Right. Today, push harder than yesterday if you want a different tomorrow. Yeah. Until next Thursday, stay active. Talk to the bitches.